Good morning, church. It's good to be with you all. My name is Alexander Greer, and I'm one of the pastors here at First Christian Church. Uh, I just wanted to say hello and how much I've been enjoying this summer playlist series. Uh, I've got a picture of my family. I, some of you may already know them, my wife Meg and my two girls. If you've been working in the nursery, maybe a little bit, you've met one of them. I'm sorry. Um, we are having a blast with this summer playlist. Uh, we, if you haven't heard, we've been adding a psalm to our summer playlist each week over the last couple months. We've been diving into the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms, if you don't know, is actually a collection of songs from ancient Israel that we've been using for centuries to praise and worship God. And so we as a church, we've been adding one of these psalms to our summer playlist. And some of them have been oldies but goodies, ones we've known for a while. And, and some of us, for some of us, some of them may be brand new favorites. For instance, Psalm 137 a few weeks ago, how many of us could have really maybe said a verse from Psalm 137 before Ethan preached on it a few weeks ago and reminded us to take our anger and our, when we're upset to take it to God and allow him to bring the revenge. And our psalm today, our psalm today is Psalm 107. I hope it's a, a brand new favorite for you because one of my, my favorite things about putting together a summer playlist is finding new favorite songs. It's, it's a lot of fun to find a new favorite song. In, in fact, this happened to me recently. I found a new favorite song. It's called, a, it's called Miracle by Mosaic, and it's been just singing to my soul in a way that not many songs do. And, and so the next time I was in the car and my wife was in the car with me, you already know what I was excited to do. I was excited to share my favorite song with her and hoping that she would appreciate it too because we have a similar taste in music. Because I've noticed a couple things about us in our favorite songs. Is one is whenever we find a new favorite song, we'd love to share it with a friend who, who we think will appreciate it. And number two, one of the things about our favorite songs that I've noticed is most of them contain stories within the song that we really relate to. We connect with the song because the story connects with us. And our psalm today, Psalm 107, is, is no different. In fact, it includes four stories that are going to relate to us and I think encourage us today. Psalm 107 tells a story that isn't just an interesting story or a story that we wish was our story like many of our favorite songs tell. Psalm 107 is our story. It's the story that God wants for us. Let's dive into it. We're going we're gonna to open up with the intro in verse 1. The songwriter opens with a, almost like a thesis-like statement to introduce what the stories are going to be about. We see it in verse 1, Psalm 107. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those He redeemed from the hand of the foe, those He gathered from the lands, from the north and the south and the east and the west, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. I love that. Let the rescued tell their story. Let the forgiven tell their story. Let the healed tell their story. Let the reborn tell their story. Let no story about the goodness of God go untold. That's what's happening in Psalm 107. These people are making sure that no story of God goes untold. Because it's important that we know these stories. In fact, every story that we're about to read follows the same outline. It's called the, I just called it the Psalm 107 outline. First, they're in trouble. Second, they cry out to God. Third, they were saved by God. 
And fourth, it's not as apparent when you're reading the stories, but it's there or else we wouldn't be enjoying the stories today. Number fourth part of the story is they share their story. Because when God's people are in trouble and they cry out to him, God gives his people what they need. And then he expects us to share our story of his goodness. So story one that we're going to dive into. Story one is about a people who are on a journey. They're on a journey and along the way they've gotten lost. And they find themselves in a season of dissatisfaction and they're in trouble. I I know what it is to get lost. I relate to this first story. This first story I get because I'm regularly going to new places in life and they're not all geographical. Following Jesus is meant to lead us somewhere. And we're all on multiple journeys at any one given time in life. We're all going somewhere. And when we're trying to get from here, a place that's familiar, to there, a place that's uncomfortable and unfamiliar, it's easy to get lost on the way. It's easy to get lost when we're trying to go somewhere new in life. Even if we know the destination, but we've not been there before, it's easy to get lost along the way. This first story shows us what to do, how to recover when we get lost. But before I go into this story, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something a little bit different today. Uh, these psalms, when they would have been written, uh, read in ancient Israel, they would have been accompanied by some music. Typically, they would have been sung like our hymns. But we're going to put a little music to the background of these stories as we read them. And we're just going to try and see how it goes. Story 1, Psalm 107, 4 through 9. It'll be on the screen. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Amen. Amen. I've noticed something about when we get lost. I've noticed that when we get lost, and we're trying to find our way back to the path that is going to get us where we want to go, that it's easy to get back on the path when we consult someone or something that knows how to get to where we want to go better than we do. For instance, I don't go anywhere new without checking with Google Maps first. I always check Google Maps before I go anywhere new. I check for what's going on at that place, how to get there, how quickly am I going to get there. I mean, does anybody have an atlas in the car anymore? The, 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 you know, the atlas, the big thing that goes in the pocket? I used to have an atlas, I mean, an atlas, because I felt like it was a good thing to have. But then I, last time I went and looked for it, it wasn't there. All I found was Door Explorer DVDs. <laughs> and let me tell you, those Dora Explorer DVDs were really no help last summer. When my family and I, we were traveling cross country, we were in Southern Utah, middle of nowhere, and we didn't have a network to connect us to Google Maps. 
We were lost for hours, hours. We did eventually get to where we went, where we wanted to go. We should have had an outlet, an atlas with us. But what happens when we're trying to go to a new place and it's not geographical in nature? What do we consult, who do we consult when we're trying to go to a new place? When we're trying to go to a new place in our marriage that's healthier, that we've never been to before, or a new place at work and we've been given new responsibilities and we're not sure how to handle them in a way that's God-honoring and character-driven. We're trying to go to a new place missionally and we want to reach our neighbors with the love of God and it's a little scary. Who do we consult then? Who do we go? The people in this story, they show us what to do. Story one, this story shows us that when we're in trouble and we don't know how to find our path and we're wondering what to do next, we cry out to God. We've got to cry out to the Lord and consult Him with what our next step is. It's amazing the way He responds to these people and delivers them from their distress. The, the, the Word says it. He he leads them to a straight path. He leads them to a place where they could settle. He fills the hungry with good things. And the amazing thing, did you notice how God does not just respond generically to the people's needs with the scripture? Put the scripture back up there. God doesn't respond generically to the people's needs. He res he's a personal God with a personal response to their personal needs. For the one who needed rest, he gave a place to settle. For the person that was wondering, he gave a straight path. And for the person who was hungry, he filled with good things. And the person that was thirsty, he satisfied. He gave them what they needed. He's a personal God with a personal response. That's one of the best things about our God. Because when God's people are in trouble and they cry out to him, God gives his people what they need. Then, he expects us to share the stories of his goodness. Story number two, let's dive into story number two. Story number two it deals with a different situation. In story number two, this is the experience that we as God's people have sometimes when we're disobedient to him. When we've been disobedient. And I've come to realize that disobedience is a part of growing up. It's a part of becoming an adult. I've had a fresh perspective on that with my two and a half year old daughter. Wow, when she was one, it was amazing. She was an angel sent from God. She could do no wrong. And then she turned two, and she's got a mind of her own. But all of us two and older know disobedience. We've learned what it is to be disobedient. And we know that disobedience is hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes to be obedient to the speed limit. It's hard sometimes to, to stop at a stop sign. It's hard to sometimes obey the stoplight. And those are just car illustrations. Disobedience can be hard. This second story shows us what to do when we've been disobedient to God and we found ourselves in a hard place. Let's look at it. Story number two. Psalm 10 through 16. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High, so he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. But then they cried to the Lord in their trouble 
And he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. In this story, we find God's people being disobedient. People who are making decisions that are counter to God's best good for them. People who know that God's called them to a a certain place of work and yet they're they're working in the place that they choose anyways. Or they know that God is calling them to be loving to the person that they don't wanna love and all they can do is be mean. To the person who is sitting in darkness when God has called them to stand in light. To the person who is enjoying the momentary uh, fulfillment that a thing is only leading them to chains. Because that's what this story shows. Story number two shows us that when we are walking in disobedience, that path leads to chains. Do you see it in verse 14? Thus, when we are disobedient, the Lord disciplines us. And because the Lord disciplines us, because his, his mercy or his discipline is way more merciful than the enemy's chains. He desires for none of us to be disobedient because he's got our best good in mind. Has disobedience led you into the chains of the enemy? The story shows us what to do. Because we all know disobedience. But we must cry out to the Lord, and he will bring us out of darkness, the utter darkness. He will break every chain. If we want out of the chains of disobedience that has led us to darkness and to walk into the freedom of God's light, we must cry out to him and allow him to deliver us. Because when God's people are in trouble and they cry out, he gives us what we need. Then he expects us to share the stories of his goodness to our community. Story number three. Story number three, it has the most tragic of beginnings. It's a story of people that are not just lost, they've lost hope. It's a story of people that have not just been disobedient, they're living a lifestyle of rebellion. I unfortunately know uh, what this season is like all too well. And the fact that a a lifestyle of rebellion from God's ways, the only thing it leads to is hopelessness. During my college years, I was extremely rebellious from God's ways. And it led to the rock bottom moments of my life. And that's the thing about a path of rebellion. A path of rebellion leads to hopelessness. And so this story is gonna show us what to do when we've been on a path of rebellion and we need to recover our hope. Story number three, Psalm 107, 17 through 22. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and he rescued them from the grave. 
Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his wonderful or tell of his works with songs of joy. Do you need your hope restored today? It might be time to turn back to God today and cry out and allow him to rescue us from our rebellion. This story reminds us that we're never too far gone to be rescued. Did you see the people were at the very gates of death? They were as far gone as they could go, and yet God, our Lord Jesus, still rescued them. This story reminds us that even the most undeserving of rebels receives mercy and deliverance when they cry out from God. We have a good God. He reminds us in this story that when God's people are in trouble and when we cry out to him, he gives us what we need. And then he expects us to share the story of his goodness. Story four, our last story. Story four is is a little bit different than the first three. The people in this story haven't done anything wrong. They haven't done anything wrong by accident, like they just got lost on accident. They haven't done anything wrong on purpose. They've not been disobedient or rebellious. They've set out on an adventure that is God-honoring and consistent with their calling. And they've seen the wonderful works of God on the way. And yet, then a storm comes. And friends, the storm always comes. This story shows us what to do when the storm comes and things get scary. This last story shows us what to do when we're in a scary place, how to recover. Psalm 107, 23 through 32. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' end. Then... They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful works for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Mm. I just want to say to you, say to those of you who have not yet tried following hard after God, I want to warn you, this is what the story looks like. When you say, all right, I'm ready, I want to get in my ship, I want to go out into the deep, and I want to love my neighbors with the love of Jesus, things get scary sometimes. When you say, I want to get out into the ship, I want to go out into my ship, go out into the deep, and serve the church and serve people who look different from me, who act different than me, who have different values than me. This is what it looks like. 
But here's the good news. When you say yes to the call of God on your life, when you say yes to what God is inviting you to, when you say yes to the adventure that he's inviting you on, there's no story like it. A lot of you can testify, there's no story like the story that God is inviting you to. The adventure that you get to be a part of, the the things that you get to see, the wonderful deeds of our God. It's an amazing story. But we could also talk about the storms that have come when we've gone on that story, when we've gone on that adventure. Any of us who have given even an ounce of our life to the call of Jesus Christ can tell you the time of when things got scary. But if you've heard the story enough times, and if you've seen the plot enough times, you know what to do when things get scary. You know what to do when the storm comes. The the merchants, the people of God in this story, they knew what to do. Do you know what to do? It's important that you know what to do when things get scary, when the storm comes. They cried out to God in their distress. And these merchants, they allowed God to write their rescue plan to get them out of trouble. Maybe that's what someone needs to do today. Someone needs to stop writing their rescue plan, hand it over to God and say, God, please write a rescue plan for me. I'm obviously not doing it. I trust you. Because when God's people are in trouble and we cry out to him, God gives his people what they need. And then he expects us to share the stories of his goodness. And church, we could share stories of God's goodness, couldn't we? There's lots of stories that we could share. We hear stories from you guys all the time about the goodness of God. One of my favorite stories, just talking to my grandparents um, over the years about some of the big things that our church has done. I remember hearing stories about the people that moved from downtown when the city was moving this way and bought a piece of land and rebuilt the church over here. You know they had to have jumped into some ships and gone out into the deep to do that. And you know they saw the wonderful works of the Lord on the way, but you also know that it got scary at times. Well, the good news is our church knows this story, the individuals in this church know this story, and the the even better news is you can know this story if you don't know this story. You can have a Psalm 107 outline for your story. You are in trouble, maybe. Cry out to God, and then you can be saved by God, and then you get to share the stories of God's goodness. It's important to share the stories of God's goodness because our stories of our experiences tell people where to find what they're looking for. For instance, I review people's stories of their experiences before I buy a pizza or buy the phone cover for my phone that I dropped a couple days ago. I read probably seven reviews before buying this little protective screen cover. We trust, we typically trust the broader community to tell us what's worth our time and money. That's how online online reviews work, don't they? No place in this Tri-City should have more online reviews than FCC. Because we depend on our community to tell us their stories of their experiences so that we can buy a good blender or find a good piece of pizza or find a good hike. But our community, they depend on our stories of God's goodness so that they can find love, 
belonging, acceptance, peace, love, joy. Our stories are important, church. We get to tell stories of God's goodness. And let's continue to do so. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you that it's so easy to tell stories of your goodness. You are such a good God. And Lord, we pray that we would cry out to you when we need you. That we would be willing to hand over our rescue plan to you and allow you to write it for us. We need you. We praise you. You're so worthy of all of our praise. In Jesus' name, amen.